Hello and welcome to another edition of the BHA podcast, recorded on the 31st of May uh, this year, in which I interview uh, Matt McIntosh and Alan Nandy of the Edinburgh Eagles. Um, both of the guys were so eager to get started and that we didn't even have time for introductions. Uh, before we get into the main pod, you'll hear a message from Matt, who uh, felt that the boys um, were a bit remiss in uh, missing out mentioning certain people. I hope you enjoy the podcast and thank you again for listening. Hey there, viewers. This is Matthew McIntosh, who will be one of the guests on the BOHA podcast with Nick and Rambo today. Unfortunately, Nick couldn't join us today as he was busy on a phone call. But um, we would actually, well, I would like to take this opportunity on behalf of um, Alan Nanji, who was the other guest today on the podcast, to um, say thanks to Nick uh, because later on in the podcast, uh, we, Nick, uh, excuse me, Alan and I, ask Ram about a bit of his backstory and his history and we actually end up kind of having this very nice um, moment of gratitude for everything he does for uh, university hockey across the United Kingdom and I would actually like to now extend that to Nick. Nick, I have to apologize, we actually <laughs> we totally forgot to even give you a kudos and a thanks just because quite frankly you weren't there at the time and, and I, I feel absolutely gutted for not doing that and I just feel dreadful. So Nick, on behalf of myself, Alan Nanji and quite frankly all the players in the BOIHA, uh, we thank you for everything you do for uh, ice hockey at the university level in the United Kingdom. You're truly a pioneer to the game um, in the United Kingdom. And just amazing thanks. Hope you're doing well. And, uh, yeah, just a huge thanks, huge shout-out for everything you do. Um, okay, folks, that's it. It's uh, a bit of a long podcast, but I hope you do enjoy it. I'm going to leave the intro now to Rambo. Ciao. Oh, Sorry, we're laughing. It's just that was bad timing. Sorry. I've got dog now, so. Um, oh. oh wow! What type of dog did you get? Yeah, collie. Oh, okay, oh nice. lovely. I love, I love border collies. Yeah, so I've walked him. I walked him eight point five miles today. Holy crap! How old? How old is this 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 guy? He's four. He's four. Yeah, yeah. Bust with energy. Yeah, but that's a good thing with dogs, you know, is they get you out of the house, they get you walking and everything as well. Mm-hmm. That's why I love having my dog too, because I just go for like hours long walks and just throw in a podcast or something. Alan's dog, his name's Duke. Duke is a third Malamut, a third Husky, and a third uh, greyhound. Great, greyhound. And when he first came up to me, when I went to go pick up Alan, by the way, viewers, we're, we're having this podcast in Canada from Alan's cottage way up north of Toronto. And when I went to go pick him up on Friday... Duke, his dog, came to greet me by giving me the old treatment. And by treatment, I mean just give me a nice, good punch to the, to the nuts with his with his nose. <laughs> and he is just – but he is just literally massive. He's the size of a wolf, but just an absolute lovely, lovely dog. Yeah. Um, had him by my side yesterday as, as we were on the boat in the uh, Wasega Beach yesterday. Captain Allen was – Captain Allen was – the way I would put it, was baptized by fire. It's just This was his first boating outage on – the rough and tumble of the Georgian Bay waters, and I was his quartermaster. And for about 
I would say for about five minutes, it was it was very, very good. And then all of a sudden, you're coming out into the bay from the river where there's incredibly challenging waves. And we had to go at this thing hard. And it, it threw both, both of us quite off. And Alan handled it very, very well. I actually fell forward on, on top of the boat and um, had Duke the dog underneath me. So it was quite the experience. But no, he did quite a good job on that. And um, a bit of rough and tumble. But... Uh, yeah, as, as I'm looking outside right now, it's, it's a bit of a windy day. And uh, actually, how is the weather over there, uh, Rambo? Is it? Um... It's very hot today. It's, okay. Uh, it was uh, 25 degrees high yesterday, and then uh, Celsius, obviously. Um, and then um, it was it was about highs of like 18, 19, which to a Scotsman's, you know, still <laughs> tropical. Um, so uh, yeah, it's been pretty pretty hot for the last two or three days. So. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, excellent, excellent stuff. Yeah, um, so, uh, I mean, I, I take it we've, we've started the podcast. I should probably introduce you um, mm. a few minutes in, and I'll, uh, I'll maybe have to record an introduction um, afterwards. Okay. But, um, yes, everyone, this is uh, Alan Nanji and uh, Matthew McIntosh, both of the Edinburgh Eagles fame, but I played together a lot longer than that, so um, I guess the first thing I was going to ask you guys is... Uh, is where did you when did you first sort of start playing hockey? I'll, I'll go with I'll go with you first, Matt, since you were you were chatting away there. I mean, it's very kind of stereotypical in terms of how many kids growing up on this side of the pond start playing hockey. Very young, you first learn how to skate probably at the age of three at some local outdoor rink, and then sooner rather than later, around four or five, you usually go play your first year of house league at your, your local arena, and um, you know I just carry on from there and you just keep working your way up the ranks and um i suppose uh yeah that's 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 how i started um alan how do you how do you how did you start your magnificent skating career yeah so both my brother and sister had been playing for a while so my parents saw fitting to put me into hockey as well so i actually first my first time ever skating was when i was two years old actually um, which, which I think that shows when you see him on on the ice because he, he just glides through everyone with butter. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, first time skating was two years old. Finally learned how to skate properly like around three, and then like Matt said, um, played house league hockey in uh, a town called Unionville. Actually, funny enough, uh, me and this guy named Warren Fogel plays on Carolina Hurricanes. Oh. We're best friends and played on the same team. Uh, and then, yeah, I went from there to novice and then AAA all the way to junior yeah. and then to the Eagles. So that's mm. the short synopsis of my hockey career. Right, so and, uh, that, that, that brings on, me Rebel, to sorry. a good question. Yeah. Um, how a lot of people don't understand this. I kind of understand it, but how does the junior system work? You, you mentioned AAA there. Is that the highest level before sort of major junior or is that, is that Bas- below? Basically, yes. The way in which it works in, in, in terms of minor hockey in, in Canada is that you have these different levels. You have select, then you have single A, then you have double A, then you have triple A. Triple A is the highest, and then you go through that. And then once you reach a certain age, you can play what is called junior hockey. Junior ranges from junior C to junior B to junior A. And then the highest level of junior in in the country is, are these provincial leagues, a.k.a. well, by virtue, yeah, the OHL. Uh, the QMJ, is it still called the QMJ? QJM, yeah, the QMJHL, the WHL, League, you know, all, all those other leagues. And then you work your way up and then you basically reach professional, which is, which can include well, not just the NHL, but also includes, of course, the minors in the AHL. Yeah, the East Coast Hockey League. East Coast, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, 
Yeah, those, so that that's that's kind of how it works. It's it's the North American way of doing, um, I would say, stereotypical North American sports, uh, hockey, baseball, are are very different from let's say uh, the UK tradition of football and rugby, whereas you, you just get your you just separate them just by age, under eights, under tens, you know, all the way up until basically until the twenty three, and, and then you're actually you're you're their full professional, or you're, you're drinking lager in the pub. So. <laughs> um, that's kind of that's I would say a difference. But football over here, excuse me, soccer over here, is very much the same in that regard. You've got you just kind of classify it by age, um, and just you know, under under eight, under ten, all the way up. Uh, but the the actual kind of leagues differ because, quite frankly, um, I've got my own opinions about how poorly soccer's run in this country, <laughs> and I won't I won't I won't I won't ramble too much about that. At least that's something that Scots and Canadians can. Uh, that they can both uh, hold on to because we both we both know how poor football is right now. Yeah, well, Scot- Scottish football is not exactly uh, not exactly shining beacon of football. So uh, <laughs> uh, any any standard. So um, you guys ended up playing together in in junior or or, or an age level. How, how did that come about? So when I was uh, when we were both eleven years old. We, uh, you know, probably around April of 2008, we decided to leave our current club teams at, in the Greater Toronto Hockey League at the AAA level. I was playing for the Domino's Flyers, and um, I have no clue where I was. Okay, <laughs> I don't I remember. Toronto, was it the Red Wings? I think I was. On the Toronto, I, yeah, yeah. I, actually, actually, yeah. I think yeah, it was, I was the Red Wings. Toronto Red Wings. Yeah, with Josh Hosang. Yes. Yeah. The Islanders. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, we decided to join this team called the Toronto Titans. And so we probably met around May, June, maybe in, around May or June in those first few spring tournaments that they had organized for the upcoming year um, for the 2008-2009 season. So what they have ran was they have these spring tournaments in, in usually in the, in the spring and into the summer to kind of get the, a good sense of how to, you know, the guys would play with one another heading into the next season. And uh, so that's when we first met, but I really got to know Alan after I turned 12 in August of 2008 when we were at the training camp uh, for that, that team. And, and we're only 12 years old, so it's like training camp, you know, how much can you make, you know, a 12-year-old do? But we also faced each other too, right? Because you went to St. Mike's, I went to Crescent, which are two uh, independent yeah. schools in Toronto, mm-hmm. and we always faced each other in school hockey as well, right? I, I, didn't, I didn't play in the, on the St. Mike's first. Oh, you didn't play on the No, no, no. I didn't play in that team. I, I Got cut uh, when I was younger, and then a couple of times just I think he bothered going out a couple of times after that. And then uh, no, I think it was the under fourteen. I might have played against you. Yeah, I think we definitely faced each other, but but, uh, but yeah. So I didn't have, I didn't have the fortune of playing Allen again in in, the, in secondary school hockey. Uh, but then we so we just played together one year. We, yeah, that's a, that's the funny thing. People have this kind of conception that we like we oh like you know they, they played together a long time when we were kids. Well, you know what? That was a long year on the Toronto Titans. You had that one year to play with one another. But uh, no, it was, it was really just one year. But we were always very aware of one another. We were, um, I, I think there's a there's a community. Um, I would say, um, in in your age group within the Greater Toronto Hockey League, everyone kind of knows one another. There's, it, everyone's kind of in the loop of as to you know who's doing what in terms of what team they're moving to, and uh, you know what what they're doing just overall, what school they're at. So it's People are usually kind of aware of what's going on, but um, I remember actually when I went to do my undergraduate uh, studies at in London, Ontario, at a university called Western University, formerly known as the University of Western Ontario, 
uh, I had a few guys in my residence that were from Crescent, uh, which is where Alan went to high school. And they were just mentioning him and saying, oh, where's Alan? Is he going to, you know, be playing, playing hockey? He's going to be going to university. And then I remember thinking, oh, God, I haven't seen this guy in ages. This was uh, Connor Guy. If you oh, yeah. yeah. But at that time, I was playing junior A because I was mm, playing for mm. Pickering Panthers in the oh, okay, yeah. NHL yeah. before I went to Fort McMurray. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah, but so, but Alan Alan progressed much farther than I did, and Alan actually basically went into junior hockey, whereas after I I uh, I stopped after minor hockey. I, I had an option to either play football or football and soccer or ice hockey year round, and I just I decided to play uh, football in, in the Ontario Youth Provincial Soccer League. So that's that's kind of how the that's kind of the way the cookie crumbled. We we both kind of went our own separate ways, but we we're always kind of I, I suppose very familiar with one another and. And then, we re- and then we reunited in Edinburgh, um, which was just crazy to even kind of conceive. Because I mean, the fact that I, like the fact that we had played together all these years ago, then all of a sudden we had reconnected, like literally by accident, Rambo. This was not like I had no clue Alan was even in Edinburgh for, for school. I um, I began my uh, my studies, or sorry, I began my my orientation week in 2018 of my master's and I was at the sports fair because I, 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 when I came to Edinburgh, I just thought I'd be playing football the entire time. And then I, I had a, uh, a fellow that I met at, uh, during orientation, he told me that there's an ice hockey stand. And I said, you got to be kidding me. You know, this, 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 this can't be real. Like I thought he was really just kind of pulling my leg. And no, lo and behold, I met the legendary Chris Tong and Luke Kirsten. And, um, you know, they said, no, they told me just a little bit about the program and whatnot, and I said, okay, okay, you know, and, and I kind of gave it some thought, and I thought, this is really nice, and but I kind of kept in the back of my head, and then, you know, later that night, I went on to, um, went on my Mac, and, and uh, yeah, I looked up the team, and then uh, lo and behold, president of the Edinburgh Eagles, Alan Nanji, and I had this crazy moment, I just thought, okay, I have to do this now. I have, I have to do this. I, there's no way I can't do this. And so I, I immediately called up Alan. Um, well, I say immediately, but, but it was probably within like, you know, maybe I think like the next day, next morning or something like that. But I was pretty quick to phone him on Facebook. Like I was like, and Alan was very, very excited to see me. Um, very, very welcoming. Um, and so yeah, that was, that was quite the, that was quite the experience. But, yeah. Yeah. You done docking now? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I went on a huge rant. Good, like, I'm so sorry. Ten minute rant. <laughs> ten minute rant. Well, we won't be struggling for content. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, Alan, I, I, I had this question um, written down, so I didn't forget to ask it. How does it feel after all those years um, of having to carry Matt again um, with the Eagles this time instead of with the Toronto Titans? Honestly, it was an amazing reunion because, like, it was nice to have a fellow Canadian that I played hockey with. Um, to be able to come up to Edinburgh with me. Uh, we both shared the same experiences of growing up through mm-hmm. minor league hockey in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely carried him on the Toronto Titans. I'm not so sure if I carried him too much on the on the Eagles because uh, I, I didn't show you. up the, <laughs> that often. But um, but yeah, it was it was good because it, it was just crazy to to compare our skills though compared to what we were when we were practicing mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. And minor league hockey compared to to Edinburgh, where we practice. Well, Matt practice once a week. I practice <laughs> zero times a week. Um, like it, it was just it was just interesting to see. You, like, wait, did you say you practiced? I didn't know that was even a reality. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, then you just saw our like skill levels both have significantly decreased compared to when. Well, actually, I should speak for myself. My skill level. No, I was gonna say yeah, like decreased. I mean, Alan. When I saw Alan play for the first time, I thought that guy's a missed a day. This guy's still on the top of his game. You could see he played junior. His skating was impeccable. You know, whereas I I hadn't played full contact hockey in like five years, I think something like that. Five yeah, I remember years. Matt complaining about his shin pads. He's like, they're too big for me. <laughs> oh, they weren't too big for me. Like my my dad, God bless him. He got he when when he sent my equipment over. Um, once I committed to doing the Eagles, he sent me a pair of size 16 shin pads. And I'm only 5'11", like I really should only be wearing 14. And um, there were many, many games where I would just be wobbling because they were so big on me. But yeah. And um, obviously hockey over here is not as well organized as, as in Canada, but what have you enjoyed most about playing hockey in, in Britain? I'll let Alan start this time since Matt... Yes, please do, because I, I have a horrible <laughs> habit of not being able to shut up. Honestly, Everyone knows few, it. So... Obviously, you can tell that uh, predominantly in, in in our league, uh, there's probably how many Canadians would you say? Like, how would you, what's the percentage you would characterize characterize it? Sixty percent, like fifty to sixty percent. Yeah. So, it honestly was really nice because it was a nice escape from like uni university mm-hmm. life. You come into hockey where you have mostly North Americans, which Matt and I are obviously accustomed to. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was like if you're feeling homesick, you come to hockey. You're surrounded by like fellow Canadians. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also it was just fun. Like you have a good, like Edinburgh, obviously we took it, like we were very serious mm-hmm. on the Edinburgh team, but we were also like really fun and, uh, it was nice to have some socials mm-hmm. and, uh, get to know everyone better on the team and everything like that. So it was, it was just fun. Um, and it was fun to be able to compete because obviously, um, competing in hockey. And then when I stopped, I didn't really have other than like university, like you don't really compete. Right. So, um, ice hockey was really good to be able to come and get out, out my competitive nature on the ice. But yeah, I, I would say that the people made it like Luke, Chris, oh, yeah. like just everyone, Matt, you Rambo, uh, Dibs, just everyone made the experience truly special. And can I actually say, I just, I, I'm going to use that as, as an opportunity just to say thank you to all those people. Um, they know, they know who they are. They know the really important ones. I, I I'm actually going to give a huge shout out to Chris Tong. Um, Chris Tong, if it wasn't for, for him um, right now in, in his, in his service, services with the NHS um, and in regards to everything he's doing. Huge shout out to him right now. He's being an absolute legend. Best Schoon, I think, also as well. She's working for the NHS, so huge shout out to them because um, I know they're doing a great job with COVID-19 uh, being, being fighters against it and whatnot. So, yeah. Oh, and um, I, I, I like, sorry, Ram, but do you want my opinion? Just Yeah, yeah no, just... Uh, just- Keep it going. Well, no, just in the BOHA, I, I suppose it was not just a great opportunity to reconnect with with Americans to play a game that you love, but I really enjoyed meeting people from just people who weren't from North America playing the game. That was I, that was actually my favorite part. Um, not just you know the, my fellow teammates. Um, it was you know playing against guys from from wherever, and I, and you know that was also really kind of. That, that feeling of, of enjoyment playing, playing against and, and uh, with uh, uh, players players from everywhere was was really escalated when we played for, for the IAS team. That was you know, yeah, it's a good point because yeah. like obviously in Canada we just face Canadians, right? Like even when I was playing junior A hockey, mm-hmm. it would just 
be Canadians. Yep. Uh, maybe a little bit different, like people from out of province or something like that, but it would just mainly be Canadian. Uh, the only other international experience that Matt and I both would have gotten from our minor league hockey experience is playing just some American teams. But mm-hmm. like, we're the same. But whereas when we come here, we had like Finnish people, yeah. Russians, uh, Swiss. Swiss, like a Lithuanian. whole wide range, Scottish too. Scottish. Like, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't have expected like many Scottish players to be on the oh, team, yeah. but you had like a bunch of Scottish yeah. players. Um, you have some good ones. Then we have Richard Wallace. Um, so yeah, so yeah, like, <laughs> Slovakia. Love you, Richie. Scored so, yeah, it was oh, best best goal ever when he scored that back end in the final. I I was gonna run yeah. through a wall. That guy was just <laughs> yeah. That was the that's the first and only um, Eagles championship winning goal. So I suppose we can't criticize him too much. No, no. I, <laughs> Richie, Richie, but Richie would say the same thing about me because he can. I love Richie; just a great guy, and I hope he's doing okay throughout all of this right now. And I hope, I hope his studies are going okay. I know he's. Well, he graduated, right? He, he graduated, but then I, then I think he's 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 starting his 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 PhD. Oh wow! Um, so uh, Godspeed, Richie, on the on the PhD. Wish you all the best, bud. Yeah. Um, and too bad because he. I remember I was at uh, Chaparaya, that Thai restaurant in Edinburgh. I don't know if I'm oh, pronouncing yeah. it right. Uh, but yeah, he was also my server. It was great, to, <laughs> great yeah. to see him. It's quite funny yeah. to see. But yeah, Richie, Richie Wallace, what a legend. Love you, Richie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, Rich, uh, well, Richie's one of the one of the Scottish characters. Did you did you find a big difference as to how the game was played over here as as it is to how it was played in in Canada? Apart uh, from the skill level being a bit higher, obviously in Canada. <laughs> Yeah, one hundred percent. So that's that is definitely one of the biggest things is is the skill, um, because like here um, in Edinburgh, a lot of like and if it was in Canada, like everyone just their skill level is incredible. Like their skating skills, their stick handling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed here in Edinburgh where uh, like just people would just pass the puck quickly. They didn't like and then just get shots on net, which was a very it was a lot simpler compared to what you see in North America, because everyone has such a high skill level um so that was one of the biggest things i saw but and that's what made it nice for me coming in to playing for edinburgh because i did have uh like luckily i because i trained all my life for hockey i had like a higher skill level so it was nice to be able to like like sometimes you i knew where the puck was going before the other team even knew where it was going who does that sound like (laughs) mr gretzky um so but yeah that was the biggest thing it it's definitely just the skill level for sure for me at least Matt. yeah I, I i think it's that um you can you can see the skill level and there's to put a put a kind of in, in a phrase you know the, the old phrase hockey iq comes about um i think you could you could notice that um not to say that it didn't exist amongst the other players by all means it was it was there it's just what you know i think like the slightest bit more experience that was it for me but really, I think for me, the, the major difference was uh, it was just the, the rules. I mean, for instance, I mean, I, I got caught so often, um, you know, tr- wanting to hit guys after they'd already, you know, passed the puck from their stick. Um, you know, once the puck is, is, you know, left that person's stick, you cannot touch them in the BUIHA. And I got caught a couple of times by uh, referees saying, no, 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 can't do that. You know, whereas in Canada, there's, there's, you have basically one, one second to two seconds to, to quote unquote finish your check, and the whole, the whole kind of philosophy behind that is to keep the game moving. Um, but to be quite honest, now that I played the UIHA for 
uh, year and a half, I have to say, I actually prefer the way you know the BOHA does it. it. Just it's a bit more safe. You don't you don't get these guys you know doing these charging penalties just coming from nowhere, just want to take someone's head off. Sometimes either you have only one opportunity to finish your check and you have to take it. So um, so that was it for me. I, I would say it was the rules, um, but no, I would say skill level. So I did make that comment about hockey IQ. Skill level was still very very good. It really depend. It just depended upon who who you had, how long they've been playing, and um, and you know that's that's it really. It's just you know it's just the experience behind the player. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the the rules here. I think the late hit rule also came in the the first year you were here, Matt, in two thousand and eighteen, which probably. Oh. Um. That's a double IHF rule, so I'm not sure if it if the Canadian juniors use all the double IHF rules, so they maybe have their own house rules for certain things. So. Uh, might be slightly different, but it, it was also a rule brought in by a Finnish guy, um, just just in a new rule book in 2018. So there you go. Uh, uh, Rambo. Anyways, I was wondering, as Matt's idea, but can we ask you a question? Yeah, yeah sure, sure, of course. I, I'm curious because I've heard um, many stories about you, Rambo. Uh, your involvement with the BU, uh, with the University League, and with the creation of Steel Queens. So when did you first get involved? in hockey and how did that lead to you starting up the first women's university or first women's team in scotland oh wow uh, this <laughs> um i'll try and not dwell too long on this so um I... uh, the fans want to know Rambo. Yeah. come on we all know how important you are come on tell everyone so i first went to a hockey game in uh, the uk like a professional hockey game when i was about two and a half um yeah. My mom and dad took me to see a team that was around then called the Tayside Tigers. Um, they didn't last very long. My uncle eventually took me to see the Murrayfield Racers, the first incarnation, not the, the ones that are around just now. Um, and uh, I fell in love with the game. So I wasn't allowed to join the junior team until I was five, because back then, and this will shock you guys coming from Canada, they only had an under 12 was a, like the lowest age group. Um, so you had to you had to be five to play under twelves. Um, so I joined the under twelves at Murrayfield when I was five. I had to get all my skating badges. I played outfield for about a year and a half, um, and I wasn't getting much ice time and stuff. And I was always kind of obsessed with being a goalie. So when I was seven, I became a goalie. Um, played goal until age sixteen, and then I was playing oh. rug- rugby at the same time. So I was playing rugby and. Uh, playing in goals um, and at age 16 I started to do your exams for going to like university and I always wanted to be a lawyer so I um, had to quit one or the other so basically I decided on what club gave me more joy and at the time it was the rugby club because they had a friendlier atmosphere it was also in Perth so it was easier to get to so I could go all the trainings and stuff and I can imagine yeah um, I, uh, what, what, what position did you play in rugby very quickly um, rugby, I've Sorry, played. I've played every forward position apart from hooker religiously as a as a junior, and uh, okay. since I've come back, I've played every forward position, including hooker, and I've also played. Uh, I've also started a game at fly half, um, which was because we had hardly any players. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, age sixteen, I actually gave I gave up hockey for two years and just played rugby and was doing my my like my hires and stuff, and then. I fractured a vertebrae in my back playing a sevens tournament and the doctor said that, you know, like, it's pretty serious, you better take care of yourself, maybe rugby's not a good idea. So um, I found out Edinburgh was starting a hockey team and I, I joined them 
at age 18. Uh, Amy Slater, who's you you guys will be aware there's an Amy Slater Award. Um, she founded the club uh, in in 2003. Um, I joined them then. was just a player, but I was also on the committee and stuff, and eventually started running the club, the Eagles, that is. Mm. Um, and the Eagles joined with the Phoenix. That was before your time. And uh, I was running them and, and eventually became the head coach in 2011. So 2014, um, 2014, there was a bit of an issue with the uh, with the governing bodies in hockey. They decided to change the way we run things midway through a season. We almost lost the Eagles, Beagles, and Phoenix. Oh, wow. We managed to get through the season. Um, the that was my last year coaching. The Eagles actually got to the final, and that was the year they beat St Andrews for the first time um, in that nationals tournament. Um, they also, uh, the the Beagles after that had to be disbanded, unfortunately, and the Phoenix became completely separate because that was just a recce club. Mm. Um, so at that point, I'd been asked to be involved in the the, uh, the BIH as a fixture secretary. So I took that role on, I think, from about 2013. And then uh, after a few years, I was I was seeing all these women's teams that other, other places had, and I, I had this idea that if... Um, if I was going to start a women's team, then in Scotland, because it's like quite a minority sport as it is, and you know it's expensive and stuff, it might oh, be yeah. a good idea to make it a bit more open. So it's not... The Steel Queen's idea was always to sort of amalgamate the teams around and, and utilise what female talent may be in other areas as well, maybe kicking around playing recce that wanted to a bit more competition or whatever. And so that's how the Steel Queens were uh, formed... And I remember it was after the first women's nationals. I thought, yeah, I can do this. I can make a team. So uh, I stuck my neck out and I, tw- I tweeted it. Um, uh, a bit like Donald Trump, actually, in the sense I just didn't think or just tweet and say I'm going to start a women's team. Um, except that at least my tweets were positive. And uh, then I um, I just got started. I actually had the worst name ever for a team. Um, because Let's I hear it. What was it? Come I, on. I was going to be watching. I was watching a lot of Game of, Thro- Game of Thrones, so you know, how, like the actual Game of Thrones. The Khaleesi's. Come no, on, that would have been so funny. <laughs> that, it was worse. The than, That would have been actually that might have worked, but um, <laughs> it, the uh, the actual um, you know the book series for Game of Thrones is a Song of Fire and Ice. Yeah. Um, so I was going to call the team Scotland's Fire and Ice, and nobody like I I, I touted it to the guy who makes the jerseys, and it was like. Is this for a fire brigade team or something? I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's a terrible name. So I uh, eventually I, I thought, well, we could call them the Queens. And then I had to came up with all these ideas of like, uh, you know, golden queens and all this stuff. And then I was like, you know, I'm going to call them the Steel Queens because that sounds really hard to like. They're tough as anything. And if you meet some of the girls, actually, it's, it's pretty fitting. Um, so that's how the Steel Queens was given to them as a name. And then. It just started, the first training session he had was on the end ice of the Eagles. Alan, I, actually, I'm going to ask if you remember us doing that, but you probably weren't at training. Um, <laughs> so um, I uh, we had our first thing in 2017, little get-together. There was only seven players turned up, but it felt pretty positive because Beth wasn't there because she had something, with I think, with GB or whatever. Um, and there was a couple other girls that weren't there, and, but we also had two girls that never played before that got to borrow kit and go on. So I was like, I'm pretty positive that this can work. And um, the following week there was there was twelve, 
And then after after Christmas time, because it was just before Christmas, we ended up getting about 13-14 and marry our goalie. And then we managed to get some games together and stuff. And gradually just built it up until eventually... Now, this past season, we had over 30 members, so it's... Uh, it's Rebel, I have to say, this is, this is amazing. So coming from... So my sister played... Uh, hockey all of her life she went to Dartmouth College as an Ivy League in the States and to see what you did with the Steel Queens is just amazing and I remember so uh, I had a discussion about you actually uh, with a woman named Maria Dennis she's the director of player health and safety for the NHLPA the National Hockey Players Association I, and, I, and she went to Yale she played on uh, Team USA I'm not sure if she played on the Olympic team or not. I'm, I can't remember. But I, I told her what you were doing, and she was just amazed, and she said that that was outstanding about what you did. Uh, also, I think I forgot to tell you this, but she told me that, that uh, if she ever comes to the UK, she would love to look you up and uh, see if she would come on the ice with you, if you guys would have her on the ice with you, because she said that what you were doing was truly amazing. So honestly, well done. Thank well done, Rambo. If I if I also add, seriously, I don't think, like, like people are listening to this podcast. Like, please give it applause to Rambo because if it wasn't for Rambo doing all that stuff, not just the Steel Queens wouldn't be a thing, but you know, much of the glory of the BYHA wouldn't be possible. Um, quite frankly, if I had you know any connections with the royal family, I'd definitely be getting an OBE, my friend. Honestly, God, <laughs> you'd be on top list. Well, thank you, thank you very much. I'm I'm actually blushing right now. Um, which when being ginger, it just makes me look like I'm very very sunburned. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> um, but no, thank you very, thank you very much, guys. Um, that's it was, it was nice telling that story actually, because no one, no one ever asked me anything. Uh, need to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. I've, 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 a lot of people I've spoke to always talks about talk about you and like your, your, uh, your moves up to creating the Seal Queens, and I've always been amazed, and I've always actually been wanting to ask you, but. Since I never showed up to practice, I never really saw you unless you were repping our games, so never really had the chance to ask. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Alan, there was one thing I wanted to ask you because uh, I remember the first time my mum saw you play, and uh, my mum, as you know, she's a former figure skater. She doesn't look so good and nice now, given her, her obviously she's older and her legs have kind of went a bit. But um, did you figure skate um, at some point? So, yes, I did, actually. So I remember, uh, very sadly, my parents forced me to figure skate. So I would have figure skating practice before my actual hockey practice at the same rank. And I remember all my uh, teammates would see me figure skating beforehand. Uh, so I like was always like furious at my parents for making me figure skate. However, um, obviously, as you become a bit older, you realize like figure skating made me the player and the skater that I am today. And uh, not comparing, um, not comparing myself to this person, but another fantastic skater is Jeffrey Skinner, who plays for Buffalo mm-hmm. Sabers, and he also figure skated as well. And I guess Matt was mentioning this to me yesterday in the car that he can really tell with like mm-hmm. um, what we were saying, my edges and everything like it's that. A, it's his edge work that, like as I said earlier in the podcast, it's like me just cutting through butter, just gliding through everyone. And like there's times I'll, I'll watch him take the puck as he usually does, and he just buggers off forward and tries to take on everyone i'm just thinking all right let's just see what he does and just he just you know, shimmies through everyone just it's just like gliding it's like i'm not even trying to be a bit of a brown nose right now it's just true it's it's very it's very aesthetically pleasing it's just nice to see it's incredible whereas yeah. when i try and do it it's like watching a you know, bulldoze truck trying to 
figure out if it's got any legs underneath it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm actually very grateful for my parents um, forcing me to do figure skating because it did make me the player that I am today. And I definitely highly recommend it to any young players that are oh, yeah. starting off a hockey career, Likewise. right? Because um, like skating is like a mm-hmm. huge part of the game, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. was my best part of the game, and that's what made me like that's what got me to junior A. And to be as and, well, and to be to to further like like yes, like I I, I concur with that completely. I mean, if you can learn how to skate, like it it, it helps you so much. The in fact that I think there's there's actual a. Uh, uh, the skating coach with the Leafs basically would teach players how to. I don't. I don't know if she still works anymore. I actually forget her name, but the Leafs it had was a Braid. Her last name was Braid. Yeah, Don Braid. Yeah, and yeah, she, she and taught she, me as well. She taught you. Yeah, yeah. She taught these guys like you know, players that had grown up playing you know or skating a certain way, kind of almost how to reskate or to remodify their edging to make them better skaters on the Leafs. And you know, it's just it's worked wonders for for many players. So. Take it from Alan Angie and the, well, even myself from my own observations. You know, if you can really improve your skating, you're really going to be improving your your hockey overall. Yeah, because I I also skated with um, so this guy used to be his name is Bessa. He's a Russian. He used to be the I think he's now the skating coach for Boston Bruins, but he used to be the skating coach for Pittsburgh, and uh, he would he trained Crosby every summer um, and Malkin and made their skating get to where it was today as well. And he was a figure skater as well. Cause I remember I would go on the ice with him and he would actually, he would always switch between his figure skates <laughs> and his, and his actual hockey skates. But he was by far the best skater I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so I do think that figure skating is a large part of making me who I was today. And it could benefit anyone else who's just starting out as well. Watch blades of glory kids. That'll really improve your hockey. <laughs> <laughs> that that is uh, that's one of my favorite movies. I love watching that film. Oh my yeah. god, it's just too funny. Um, okay. Uh, so um, the next question I had, I had I had some questions written down. I didn't have them all written down. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, you guys um, you you won the cup uh last year. Um, but before we get into that, um, Alan, you've played in, in two of these games. You would have played a third um, and maybe been the only player to play a third um, if the IAS game had went ahead this year. How did you how did you guys find being part of the IAS team? Um, and, and, you know, you've mentioned some of it already, but what, what was what was special about that? Um I think, you know what, it was it was when I and, and I, Rambly, I know you asked Alan, but Alan pointed to me. Um, but I'm I'm gonna say it was an assortment of guys who, first off, were actually just good guys. Good guys, guys. You could, yeah, I feel I felt like when I walked in there into that room for the first time, I could get along with these guys after just meeting them, and I could I could work with them, you know, with the day hat, you know, through the practice and into the game. Um, we had a very good uh, leadership. Uh, and, and, and Jordan Ho, and uh, I think it was, it was even Grega, and who's the other? Oh, Luke Kirsten, of course. Luke Kirsten's our, our other assistant captain. So we had that going on. That's what I enjoyed the most in my single year of uh, I, ISO All-Stars. Um, but, uh, you know, looking forward to this year, It was I think it was pretty much going to be the same. You know, a good assortment of guys when to have fun and to take on GBU. Um, that one? Yeah, so, sorry, yeah, I definitely concur with Matt. Um, I remember walking into the, so, like, I obviously, I don't know, I always had a lot of, um, 
like past junior year, I would always be like nervous. Uh, I think a lot, like it's always nerve wracking walking into a dressing room with a bunch of other hockey players that you don't know. Um, but I remember walking in, uh, my first and second time. Luckily I always went in with the Eagles, but, um, like everyone was just extremely welcoming. Yeah. Uh, they were so kind. There were people from every single team. So it was nice actually to be able to get to know people. Um, that you see playing on other teams mm-hmm. on um on an individual level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I can't remember the guy's name, but I I quickly connected with. So Matt, you weren't. This was the year. First this year? was in my yeah, second yeah, year. Okay. Uh, he was the goalie for Oxford. He was Swedish, I think. And then like learning about his career and how he played for the Swedish national team, I think, before he got injured and everything like that. So yeah, definitely the people make part of the experience, and then also the, the challenge, right? Because yeah. like you know for sure. Like, we didn't know how Team GB was, um, no. so the challenge going into the game about uh, whether, like, like if they're a good team or not, and then just having to match whatever yeah. they do and just play our hardest and have a, a, a proper competition. So mm-hmm. that was best, definitely one of my parts, favorite parts as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't speak for that first for that first IS game, because I wasn't there for that. I was still probably had had, uh, had my eyes, you know, centered in on an exam piece of paper during my undergrad at that point, but... Um, during that second IAS game in 2019, like it was just even though we were down five nothing in that first period, we we Mike Mike Shalosi took us inside and in his typical ways, okay boys, this is what we got to do. And no no sense of no sense of you know kind of giving us giving us a bit of uh, crap. It was just he knew we were he knew that we were upset with ourselves and we could do better. And he said, okay, we're gonna get this. We're gonna go after them, and we did. We didn't win the end, but it was you know my God, I was actually watching the highlights. The first time in a long time, I think about a month back, just for the hell of it, because it's COVID nineteen. I mean, you know, you got you have free time sometimes, and um, that was exciting. We just we, we gave them a good we gave them a good run, in, you know, in, the, in this, those last two periods. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then moving on, you you guys obviously won the cup last year. What was it? I mean, I, I'm sure you guys have been in lots of finals and stuff throughout your career, but what 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 was that like for you guys? Okay, um, that's it. It's funny you ask, Grandma, because I I had I played football at uh, Edinburgh University as well as in, in addition to ice hockey. Um, the football team I played for was not the uh, the official Edinburgh University uh, team. It was uh, affiliated with the Edinburgh University Sports Union, and so basically we would play as uh, the fifth string, if you will, of uh, Edinburgh University's uh, representing Edinburgh University. Uh, so we did play in the box league, and we and we won the league that year. Um, Although I wasn't playing that many games in the Bucks League, I was primarily playing the, uh, excuse me, games in the Bucks Cup, which we actually lost on penalties, and that was that was that was heartbreaking. So I, I won I won the league with them, which which was nice, but I it didn't have that sweet uh, feeling because I wasn't playing as many games with them. And then I did play in the Cup with them, and that was absolute heartbreak. I've never seen so many twenty somethings, you know, late night late teen boys cry because we you know we lost on penalties at a final, and even I was just absolutely gutted. And then to then have that experience, and then two weeks later win in Sheffield, which was something that I had, I personally had set my eyes on right from the very beginning when I decided, okay, I'm going to play for the Eagles. I was actually so happy. I was, I was, it was the first championship that I'd won in hockey, and I, and I can't even remember. I don't, I don't think I've ever told that to even to Alan. Like, I was genuinely happy. Like, I, I was out of breath, um, exhausted. You know, it was just, and even though we won seven, nothing, we, we, no one wanted to, take our foot off the pedal so to speak we want to keep going and going and going and we won because we you know, we, we believe that you know we just have to play a complete game and i was just very happy it was a very proud moment for me personally 
Yeah. I think that's my biggest thing was just seeing the guys and how, and girls, sorry. Yeah. And how, how hard everyone worked to get to where we were and just the feeling of accomplishment when it was all done. Like the whole team was just so happy and like everyone, like we've always wanted it, right? Rambo from my first year, uh, playing for the Eagles, like we've always come so close. Um, and then to finally achieve it, which I'm very uh, happy about because I'm happy that I can leave the team with at least winning one cup. Um, but like, honestly, yeah, for me, just like the sense of just seeing how hard everyone worked and how bad everyone wanted it. And then to actually achieve what we've all been working for the whole season and like to be able to celebrate it with the teammates was just amazing. It's, it's a kind of just expand what Alan was saying about the teammates. I mean, you saw guys like Tony Sells, Chris Tong, Dibs, who have been there for ages, just, you could see they were just overcome with joy. And it was, and you know, even you, Rambo, remember you came in, you were, your tail was wagging as you came in. You were so happy. And Dibs, Dibs, that was probably the first time I saw Dibs actually show emotion, because Dibs is like the most cool, calm, cool, collected guy throughout any situation. And then when we won, he, like, he came in, gave us all a hug, and it was just, Oh, we were very happy. It was a great effort all around for the entire team, but um, especially for those veterans, like, like I said, Chris Tong, Anthony Sellers. Am I missing anyone, Alan? Or... Oh, Berkey. Oh, God, Berkey. Berk Riccetti. <laughs> How could I forget him? You know, yeah. and, like, everyone was just so happy, and it was a, it was a truly a great moment. Um, well, yeah, just to expand off what you were saying, especially for um, for Debs too, right? Because oh, Debs. Yeah. Dibs, as I'm sure, Rambo, you were doing, like, just volunteers and just does it for his love and passion of the game. And, like, he comes out every Wednesday night to help mm-hmm. us get better and then coaches us every single game and puts aside his personal time to come and help us out. So to be able to see him so happy and to be able to do that for him as well was, like, one of my favorite parts. So, you know, in some, Rambo, it was an incredible achievement. We're, and we're... Yeah. Look, I we don't we don't like to look too much in the past. We like to move on, always aim aim forward in life. But uh, it's good it's a good thing that we did. Yeah, I mean, I think that might have been the most biased I've ever been in commentary in my entire life. <laughs> it was it was, uh, it was bad. I, I even described um, at one point when you guys were doing something. I was like, oh, well, let's see how this works out for us. I'm um, on commentary. Oh, I actually do remember that. Yeah. 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 Um. So I. I obviously was was rooting for you guys um, and, and let it show a little bit because it, it meant so much to the club. Uh, but that was no, it was that was good good time. So you, you guys, um, what's next for you guys uh, in hockey or in, in life in general? You're not you're not back with the Eagles next season. So what what's next? Um, adulthood. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Like obviously with COVID, it's screwed up a bunch of things for the both of us. I might say. Because uh, I had my future set out, I was going to come back to Toronto and I had a full-time job and then got rescinded. So I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to do next year, but I did apply and I got into it. So right now my plan is to go to the London School of Economics because I got in there for my master's program. So that's the plan right now. Um, and then honestly, kind of saddening, but I guess I might try to play for the the London hockey team, I guess. Uh, yeah, you should. Sad. It's sad to not be able to wear the Eagles crest on my jersey anymore, but that's the plan. But if I get um, um if I get my job offer back uh, in Toronto, then I might just stay here. So that's my that's my plan, Matt. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying to find work now. I've moved I moved back to Toronto um because of COVID, um, unfortunately, as I was pursuing jobs in the UK. 
And um, now it's just about that. That's the prime focus. And then I suppose afterwards, you know, in terms of finding an ice hockey team here that will come afterwards, if rinks even open up, uh, everything's still locked down. Um, so sport for me right now is, is a bit uh, delayed uh, as well. You know, I want to find a football team as well. So, uh, But in the meantime, sports, I've been just uh, keeping up my – been trying to improve my basketball skills. That's 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 been my new passion for the last four years. Um, and so, oh, everyone, go watch The Last Dance, by the way. Alan and I are like two episodes in, and it's just so good. That's come up on like nearly every podcast in the last three or four minutes. like Gretzky or Crosby now. Sorry? I would be fired up to see one about Gretzky. Oh, my Crosby goodness. That, like, would be, uh, that would be incredible. I mean, like, I think they should do one maybe on, on the Oilers dynasty of the 80s. I think that would be incredible. Yeah. And, um, and when all is said and done with Crosby, I think they should do one on the Penguins because from the Penguins won in, what was it, 09, 2015, then 2017, they won? I'm not entirely or 2016. Sure. Or uh, even Chicago, too, right? Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Chicago, Detroit. Detroit had some saves in the 2000s. Oh, yeah. But um, no, the last dance has been a lot of fun. We've been, uh, we've been having fun. We're, we're not, we're, we're about to, we might, uh, well, we're, we'll probably leave the college beforehand, but we're, we left it just before the Dennis Rodman episode. And, um, oh, man, Dennis Rodman. What a character. What a, what a character. I mean, I've seen some stats from him. For those of you who aren't basketball savvy, um, the man was a machine when it came to getting rebounds, and he did that to a T. Like, just he would have like I remember reading one second, like, twenty-eight rebounds in one game, and not a single point. <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds like some hockey players I know as well. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, the last dance that is that has literally come up in at least three or four of the last episodes, and the, the uh, it's it's well received if if you haven't. If you're not interested in basketball, it applies to so many sports as well. Um, like the uh, the story and stuff, or probably there'll be similar situations that have happened in hockey. Probably the Oilers, just Oilers dynasty, eventually they traded Gretzky away. Um, you know these sorts of things. So um, yeah, it's definitely definitely worth the watch. And if you if you've watched that, then watch Tiger King if you've not done that, because that's pretty. Oh, I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to dabble in the Tiger King. I, I I've got a bad feeling it could just be just really really like just damaging to my brain cells <laughs> so Rambo, what's your what's your what's your plan and your goals for the upcoming season for the steel queens excellent question Al. well um i am um, i actually spent i've spent the last sort of uh three or four weeks um i've got a goalie the goalie coach handbook because i figured we need to we get a lot of beginner goalies so it's quite a good place to start because it's actually it sounds bad but it's kind of a book for kind of peewee coaches um so i'm 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 working out a goalie plan and how to get them through their paces and stuff but i think the main thing is just seeing when hockey starts again and how it's going to start and in what form we're going to have to do things because obviously murrayfield's an old drink um so things will have to be adjusted there depending on what the governing body and the government say here um but i would like to see the see the team actually get to defender you know their women's title from uh, yeah from last year i think that's the main thing i'm not sure whether the couple even go ahead um or if it'll be some sort of truncated version of it uh, next season so that'll be interesting to see how that pans out but yeah i just want to i want to see them do that and we want to uh, the other thing i really want to do is get them a couple of more games against women's league teams because um playing recce teams and stuff's fine but they you can tell 
that their uh, their tails go up when they get to play another all women's team because oh, yeah. it uh, means so much more to them. So, um, that's that's the the next the next step really. Um, and uh, and just uh, hoping that um everyone gets back safe, I guess. Um, I can't plan too much because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what players are going to be able to come back, but. Yeah, that's that's the next. But it's, it's be exactly the same with the Eagles, um, as well, I suppose. <laughs> um, okay, um, guys, I decided to since we have the first time I've had two Canadians on at the same time. I've done a, I've done a very it's it's kind of shoddy, so I apologise in advance. Um, but I've done a, I've done a sort of shoddy Canadian quiz that I I God. pieced together about half an hour ago or half an hour before I called you, not whilst we've been on the call. Okay. Um, so um, I'll let you both answer, and then I'll, I'll tell you the answers. There's five five questions, and then I've got a like a nearest two question as well. Um, so, so okay, uh, this is to see who who is the most Canadian out of the two of you. Uh, I think Matt will get it. His memory seems a lot better than mine. Let's do it. Yeah, that depends on the circumstance. <laughs> okay. Um, the first question um, is according to South Park. Who have Canada apologised for on several occasions? Who? As in a person? Yeah. According to South Park, now remember this is South Park, so they might not yeah. have actually done Who yeah, have Canada apologised for? I was going to the computer, don't you dare! Don't you yeah, dare! To the joke <laughs> um, as a person? Yeah. I would say, okay, it's South Park, so it's going to be something really funny. I would say probably Justin Bieber. Um... Oh. That's my guess. Is it is it one single person, Rambo? It's one single person, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Bieber for now. Mm, I don't know. I haven't really watched South Park, but I definitely. I, why would Canada apologize to Bieber? I don't think they're back. Be- no, not now, but like way back in the day. Yeah. Like when, they, when Bieber- they, they didn't apologize to them. They apologized for them. Oh, they apologized. Oh, on behalf of them. Like we apologize because we produced this person. Yes, okay. Oh, so it's definitely Bieber. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. You, you guys are so young, it's Brian Adams. Oh, is that the guy who, um... Summer of 69. Is that yeah. him? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's on oh. the South Park movie that Canada apologises for Brian Adams, or said they've apologised for Brian Adams on several occasions. <laughs> why, why was that, though? Um, I think it's, there's a... I don't know if you've seen South Park the movie, but the whole thing is that Canada have turns and Philip, and it's really rude, and it's making all the kids in America swear. So <laughs> there's there's then this um this uh this uh thing where there's a Canadian politician, and they're saying like Canada haven't apologized for anything. They've never you give us all these things, and they go through this list of people, and then they're like Brian Adams, and then they're like we've apologized for Brian Adams on several occasions. So yeah, okay. Oh, good question. That is funny. Right, okay. This next one you might struggle with. Right, Derek Wilby is the lead singer of Sum 41, okay? Just in case you didn't know that already. Or Wibbly, sorry. So, according to Derek Wibbly, what is the national anthem of Canada? Um, And the band who played the national anthem of Canada is Nickelback. So, uh, that should narrow it down for you. I actually... It's almost kind of taboo to listen to Nickelback now, so I... I... <laughs> <laughs> shy away from getting made fun of it. Nickelback is so good. I went to his concert last summer. Uh, oh, did you really? Oh, God. Nickelback, oh. for sure. Um, I want to say photograph. I want to be a rock star. Oh, rock actually, star. Yeah, actually, that, you know what? I'm going 
Look, I, I'm, I want to change my answer now. I want to be Rockstar. I think that's it. Yeah. Matt's always copying me as usual. No, but I, I forgot the name of the song. Are we right, Rambo? No, it's uh, How You Remind Me. Oh. <laughs> How's that going, think... Rambo? This is how you remind me of who I really am. That one. I think Rockstar would have been a better, uh, yeah. <laughs> better national. Yeah. Anthem. Well, we're, we're gonna listen to it on the way back, Alan. So I have no recollection of that that song. Yeah, well, some forty one also do a punk cover of it, um, and it's before that they said that we're gonna play the national anthem of Canada, and then they play now how you remind me. Is it never as a wise man? That's the song. Is yeah. that it? Okay, cool. I will not show off my singing skills for the. No, you got a lovely singing voice. You were singing last night. Rambo, uh, Alan was singing Sam Cooke last night. You know Sam Cooke from, you know, uh, the Motown days? Yeah. Oh, baby. Oh, he was singing. We were both singing together. We were singing some gospel. It was lovely. Is that a, is that a Changes Are Coming? Is that Sam Cooke or am I getting. No. Is Changes Are Coming? No, we were listening. Well, Sam Cooke was, uh, we listened to, um, is it Bring Me Your Love? That was your song. Yeah, that was the one that you put on. And then, and then the one I played song. was Twisting the Night Away. Twisting the Night Away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I've been going through this, like, nice little 1980, 1970s, 1980s music lately. Mm-hmm. Cook was... Yeah, I know. I know Cook was before oh, that. Okay. But um, I've been going through, I've been really liking that type of music, so me and Matt have been jamming out to some of it. We've lately. basically been compiling the next Garden of the Galaxy movie soundtrack. Like, let's, let's put it that way. Mm. Yeah. Well, Sam, I I love um I uh, I love the sort of old Motown stuff. I'm I'm sure Sam Cook wrote a "Changes Are Coming," but or sang it. But I'll I'll look that up later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, right. Okay. The next the next question on this this quiz, and I'm hoping you'll get this one right, is who is Dion Phaneuf married to? Oh my God, that 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 model, the blonde girl. She's very good looking. She's too good looking for him. He's an ugly guy. <laughs> She was an actress. Did you hear that one? You, you said he's too ugly for her. She was in some movie. What what movie was that? Was okay, she... wait, wait. Let, let's narrow this down. She's blonde. Okay, Rambo, you know what? We've, we've, we're over for 2 so far. Camille, uh, how about you just guide us in the right direction? So, okay, so... It starts with an A, I think, her first name. Am I right on that, Rambo? No. <laughs> okay, where's she, where she from? This will help us. Where's she, she from? Like She is, as, as I understand it, Canadian, and she also played... Um, the sister of she was in she was in Goon Two as a sister to the um, wife of Doug Glatt. I can't remind her her name. Yeah, she was in the hockey movie. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And um, she was also in a film um, where she plays um, a porn star in called The Girl Next Door. Um, yeah. This, that's this... What I remember this, unfortunately. <laughs> I haven't got a clue, by the way. I'm just. Yeah, she was I, in. She was in 24 as well. Was she in this movie called Hockey Guru? I don't I know have, if you ever heard of that not, movie. I've not heard of that movie, no. Um. Anyways, I can't remember her name either. She also dated um, Sean Avery before going out with Dion Phaneuf. I feel like Sean Avery was like, you know, mm. like Dennis Robin of the NHL sometimes. Yeah. He, <laughs> he famously said something. I'm not going to repeat it because it's not broadcastable. Okay. But he famously said something about her. Um, before he played against the Unfinuff after she'd started going out with the Unfinuff. So oh, okay. you can look awesome. that up on YouTube in your own time. Um, it is Elijah Cuthbert. Yeah. Oh, I've heard of this woman! Hey, Alan, look her up. Is she hot? She is very attractive. It's <laughs> turning it into a very laddie podcast. Is she, is she, yeah, is that's she time to, uh, to change that up. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I remember her being. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, she's quite. Oh, she's very lovely. Oh, yeah. What movie Where was have I seen her before? Hold on. Rambo, sorry. 
Oh God, yeah, lovely brown eyes. Mouse getting way too excited. No, I'm just, I'm just, che- I'm just checking lovely her out. Brown eyes. Anyways, yeah, I remember her. Is there? Are we? Uh, we got another question, Rambo. We got another two. So <laughs> maybe you'll get one of these right. Um, so <laughs> this next one's multiple choice. So you can guess. Oh, lovely. Okay, so. <laughs> Given that Matt always talks to me about rugby like he knows what's going on, um, I thought I'd hey, ask you. Hey, I'm invested in it, okay? Like I, I, I learn about it. That's how you. That's how you get better at the game. <laughs> Go <Yeah>. on. <laughs> so, um, who has the most tries of all time for Canada? Is it A. DTH Van der Merwe, B. Phil Mack, or C. Connor Braid? And they're all Canadian rugby players, by the way. I didn't just make that up, so. I just wish Pat the Kirk was Canadian. FYI, just in Michigan. Because that guy's incredible. Um, I'm not a rugby guy, so this is I'm, I'm not even, I'm, I'm a rugby guy that shows up for the, for the, the World Cup in the Six Nations, and I need to pay more attention. You just hop on the bandwagon, eh? It's just not like a bandwagon. It's not a bandwagon. It's not a bandwagon. It's not a bandwagon. It's not Okay, hold on, Reb. I'm sorry. Hold on. Like Alan, I've been a Raptors. I, I will, I will put, you know what, Rambo? I will send you a photo of me as proof wearing a Vince. Carter Raptors jersey when I am a Todd and Alan's saying that I'm always a bandwagoner. I've been cheering for the Raptors for a long time now and I've been following them heavily. I got into basketball a lot since probably 2014. Yes, the Raptors being the playoffs the first time in 2014 in a long time probably something to do with that, but oh no, I'm uh, I'm not a bandwagoner. But to answer your question, Rambo, I'm probably gonna go with C because that's always that's always the answer on multiple choice. Alan. Do you want to guess? I'm going to go B. I'm going to switch it up a bit. Okay. Oh, my goodness. We're it's, both wrong. It's B. <laughs> <laughs> We're pathetic. It's South African-born DTH Van der Merv, um, who grew up in Canada. Well, hopefully you got guy. a nice hockey question for us. Is the last one. I really think... Okay, it, the it, the, the next one is actually... I've, I actually have two questions left, but this, this okay. is a sort of answer ones. The next one... It's like a, a number, and whoever gets the closest will be the winner. So, um, who founded Canada? There was Sir a... John A. MacDonald. Oh, mean, well, he's what, the first prime minister. What do you mean by who founded? So That's who? Very... who um, okay, well, it's the person who sort of like started Canada and gave it its name. Uh, Jacques oh, so this is even before Canada. The name Canada. Cause you remember it was Upper Canada yeah. and Lower Canada. No, but when they when the when the, when the explorers arrived, they some of them came to these indigenous oh. tribes. And Kanata, which means I think just means village. Yeah, I think. Um, Some, I'm gonna... Somebody said the name there. I don't know who it was. Jacques John A. McDonald. Uh, no, Jack Carty. Yeah, Jack Carty. Yeah, that's Carty. the right answer. Yay! <laughs> Thank you very much, Mr. Fitzpatrick. Great talk history. You rock. <laughs> right. Okay. Um. This is this is uh, a nearest two question. So, how many um Olympic medals have Canada men's won? The hockey team. The hockey. Team? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I, let's put it this way. Okay. So let's let's think out loud, Alan. Okay. So 2002. It, in 2002, was their first gold medal in, in 50 years. That I do remember. Yeah. And so, okay, so, and in this millennium, we've won 2002, 2010, 2014. So that's three this millennium. If you go back to that 1952 one, that's four. Prior to that, there's probably, I think I say maybe three more in there, I'm going to guess. This, yeah. is, this is for all colors of medals, by the way, so not just. Oh, all all colors of medals. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to say probably like seven, 
seven gold, seven or eight gold. So, and silver. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to say probably like 10. And then for bronze, maybe like, well, we don't have to do like, oh, hold on. I guess they probably like 24 medals overall. Yeah, I would say around like 27, 28. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's 16. So, <laughs> we're oh just doing God. so bad at this quiz. Oh. Now, that's, it's not a bad record because they've had 22 appearances in the Olympics. And they've won six, they've won 16 medals, nine of which were gold. They, um, and four silver, three bronze. The most recent bronze being in 2018. Um, the most recent silver was 1994, which is Lily Hammer, and then of course they won the gold in 2014. Interestingly, just so you guys know this as well, 1920 they won the um, Olympics in uh, Antwerp, which interest the interesting thing about that was it was the Summer Olympics that um, oh, wow. the hockey was part of, and they weren't actually like they weren't a Canadian team, like it wasn't like players from all over Canada. It was a team called the Winnipeg Falcons that went to the Olympics and, and represented Canada. Wow, that's odd. I guess they, they must they have win. done that kind of like how we do curling. Like they, they won the national title and then they just said, okay, you're the best team in Canada. Go ahead and represent us. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah, there's a there's a, um, a documentary on Netflix called Losers and they had a thing about um, Canadian curling and I can't remember the name of the championship you win. But apparently it's huge, Oh yeah, uh, but yeah. So yeah, for the basically from 1920 to 1963, Canada was like represented by teams that, like from like certain teams like they do in curling. Yeah. So University of Toronto represented them, um, and a lot of teams from Manitoba as well. But, yeah, pretty. I was pretty interested in doing, doing that. Yeah. Cause, I didn't know that at all. So there you go. Learned a history today. Oh my god, yeah. Hey, I I remember Jacques Cartier once. I have to say, like that's. I got one answer right. Well <laughs> We're done. so bad. Well done, Matthew. Be proud. <laughs> We're so bad. Oh my god. Anyway, let's no. um. Just um, just before we go, um, Matt. Oh, we're going. Oh. No, well, well, um, I don't want. Well, uh, just. Sort of one more question I had um, oh. on the back of the quiz uh, answers anyway. Um, Matt, you uh, you said that you um, are not a bandwagoner. What what ice hockey team do you follow in the NHL? John Maple Leafs. Yeah, you're definitely not a bandwagoner. Then they're they're terrible. Well, so I, like I'll Who? never Who ever ever abandon my Leafs. Leafs <laughs> ever. Leafs all the way for sure. Ever. Like you're when you're born and raised in Toronto, you like. Typically, you're cheering for Leafs, and we've been through a lot of pain. We've been through a lot of pain. Like, hopefully, we'll get some luck in this 2014 playoffs, but <laughs> very unlikely. But we'll see. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting playoffs, that's for sure. And and what and do you guys obviously grew up in Canada. You know, I would imagine going to a Leafs game is pretty expensive. Did did you go and follow other teams and stuff? Did you go and watch games of? Or? I mean. Yeah, like if if hockey's on and you want to watch it, sure, by all means. It's you no, know, it's not um, criminal to watch another game to learn from it. Um, but like when Leafs are on, it's, you know, <laughs> it's a definite watch. Yeah, for Leafs. Yeah. For other teams, I would try to watch every single game, like a game a night, if there yeah. was a game a night, just because like as a, ho- a young hockey player, you you'll learn a lot just by watching mm-hmm. the game, right? So that was always what I would do. So regardless of the team, 
I would just park my butt in front of the TV and just watch three-hour hockey games and I, after my homework uh, just to see if I can learn something to make me more hockey smart. That's probably why you went har- farther than I did in hockey. After I did my homework, I was just gaming the entire time. And <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, that's typically what you do. I mean, and oh, playoffs. When playoffs are around, like if, if Leafs are in the playoffs, like pick another like, team. Yeah, that's you, usually like, me. You just, you just, or you just watch the games in general. I mean, like, look, Leafs fans are, are were used for used to many years of not being in the playoffs, and so when the uh, when the playoffs came around, it was just. Just got excited for the, the pure entertainment value of it. Um, and that goes for any hockey fan. If your team's not in it in the playoffs, then you're just walking for entertainment value. Or you just uh, don't decide to do it and get stubborn. By all means, go ahead. But uh, hockey's hockey, like to enjoy watching. Um, what I was actually asking was, do, do you guys fall, did you go and watch junior teams and stuff growing up? And, and who, what do you remember of maybe watching junior or AHL or whatever in Ontario? So I I did only because my my brother played oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, junior A and then my brother played in the OHL so I would always go watch his games, but other than that no I don't think I really I I, th- I think I would speak for most Torontonians at least you would probably just watch the NHL yeah. like you can watch it obviously at home or go watch the game so there isn't really much of a need to watch junior when you can watch mm-hmm. NHL hockey. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything's on TV nowadays. I mean, sometimes you might go to like a Marley's game if, if you're, yeah, if your actual hockey team that you play for, some dad got a ticket. Yeah, or, so or, the, or, sorry, the, the Marley's are the is the Toronto AHL team, the yeah. affiliate team, yeah, the farm team, so to speak. So, um, but typically, no, I think I, I think I've only been to like one junior B game. I was very very young. But other than that, no, I mean, I think I think junior junior hockey is much more big uh, in. Outside of the big cities, especially yeah. in, in rural areas. I mean, actually, you know, to be quite honest, Rambo, Alan should speak to that. I mean, Alan played. Yeah, Matt and I were talking about this last night, actually. So when I was playing for Fort McMurray Oil Barons, so it's a, it's a team in northern Alberta, so the oil fields of Canada, we would get 5,000 people yeah. a game, five to 6,000 people, because basically in this town, it was just us, and it was just, it was just a hockey town mm-hmm. for the junior A team. Um, which was honestly amazing. One of the best experiences I've ever had in my life because uh, the team as a whole is like seen as celebrities. Like you walk into mm-hmm. like the local Tim Hortons, which is Canada's big coffee chain, and there's like donuts with your name on it or your like team's logo, and like everyone wants like autographs and stuff like that. So definitely just expanding off what Matt said, mm-hmm. outside of the urban, uh, like in rural areas, uh, then that's when people will most likely watch junior hockey games. Mm-hmm. Because those teams will likely represent the community as a whole, mm-hmm. whereas in Toronto you have like so many different OHL teams, so many junior teams. You have the Toronto Maple Leafs, you have the Toronto Marlies, mm-hmm. and uh, so a lot, yeah. a lot of. And when Alan says OHL teams, like like around the, the greater like around Toronto the GTA, area, like Mississauga, yeah. um, you know, you got Elton um, Kitchener, and then you got yeah, the Niagara. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they're still a team anymore. If no, they I, moved. Think, I think they are. Yeah, the Windsor Spitfires, like all those Spitfires, teams. Spitfires, um, Plymouth, what? which my brother played for, Plymouth yeah. Oilers. They're not Whitby, called Plymouth anymore. Does Whitby still have a team? Sorry? Does Whitby have a team? No. No, no Whitby doesn't have a team. No, 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 Whitby never had a team. Kings and so, yeah. Bronacks, yeah. Kings and Bronacks, but yeah. Yeah. Kings and Bronacks, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. Cool. So, I, I actually, I went, to, I've been to one junior game. In uh, 2010, I saw the Vancouver Giants. Uh, play okay. Chilliwack Bruins as they were called back then. I think Chilliwack moved. I don't know where they are now. Um, and that was just before I went to some Olympic um, hockey games and I saw Canada play Switzerland and 
I also saw Canada lose to America in the group stages. Oh, I remember that game. That was when Brodeur had that huge like bat, uh, baseball swing. <laughs> he, he was terrible in that tournament. He, he was. Ah. They, they we're lucky they switched to Luango. Um, yeah. Um, also, it, made, it was po- a popular decision because he was the Vancouver goalie at that time as well. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I've never been to a place that was more somber after after anything than when Canada lost America in the in the uh, the group stages of the Olympics. Well, imagine what that would have been like if he lost in the final. Like, yeah. if, if, if he lost to the U.S. in the final in 2010, I would have like. At like, 14 yeah, years, 13 years old. Sorry, go on. Like that, we'll smash a couple of things. Oh so I remember God. they were showing, because uh, like obviously every Canadian was glued, like whether you enjoyed hockey or not, because like obviously can- hockey is Canada's national sport, yeah. technically. Yeah. Um, and I remember them showing the streets in downtown Toronto and like around and everything. And like every single street was empty. Like there was no cars out, kind of probably like COVID in this mm-hmm. lockdown. Yeah. Cause like everyone was like literally at home watching the game. And I can't imagine because I remember they were viewing parties too, right? They're viewing, viewing, viewing parties, yeah, yeah. of course. But I remember just how nerve wracking it was oh when you're in, in that OT. Everyone was like on the edge of their seats. And I can't imagine if America won. That would have been one of the greatest upsets to Canada ever. Cause that's like our, that's our. Our claim to fame. I remember, like every time I go on Twitter, I still see the goal, the goal, Crosby's goal. And, that was that was that was a decade ago now. Yeah, and also just being able to 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 have that Olympic win in Canada as well in Vancouver, right? It's just if we would have lost to the Americans in Canada, yikes. And, and I think I think Rambo. I think one of the things why I think it's so important is that um, what you know, our parents' generation, it was, it was Canada versus the Soviets. And that was, that was the rivalry because, you know, the, the Cold War was on. We had to beat the Soviets every time. That still exists today when we play against Russia. I think there, it's still kind of ingrained into our mind. We have to beat Russia. We have to beat Russia. There's much more respect, I would say, for Russia now. Like when I look at Ovi, um, Tarasenko, uh, Malkin, and all these Russian players, my God, I have so much respect for them, but like we have to, we have to beat them. We have to beat them every time we play against. Like this yeah, is this is our national pride against against Russia. But when we play against the Americans, it's 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 kind of similar to that. But if we lose them, it's it's almost even worse because you can't lose the states. Like if you lose to Russia, it's like okay, it's Russia. Um, we know how good they are. We know how, we know how how important hockey is to them in terms of a, from a culture standpoint. But we cannot lose to the United States of America. Not well, just because my cousins will never shut up about it down south, but well, we just because we have lose. a rivalry with the U.S., right? Like, yeah, we have two competing interests, and yeah, yeah and then can- Canadians and a lot of Canadians dislike Americans, and I'm sure it's the same vice versa. Well, I wouldn't, so, I wouldn't, well. I wouldn't put it that way. It's just like, look, there's a, there's a common misunderstanding that Canadians are it's just the 51st state of America, but it's that's couldn't be. Couldn't be, uh, you know, more from the truth. It's just, you know, we're, we have our own identity, um, even though we're very, very similar. But, we'll, you know, and I think hockey kind of plays a role into that. It's just that this is our, this, this is the, the sport we've, we've culturally specified in, is the best way to put it. And, we, you know, we, that's why when we, we, we play against the Goliath of America, David, David in Canada has to win. Yeah, and I remember going back to that Olympic Games since we were on the topic of Justin Bieber and apologizing. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was, like, a lot of tweets, because I think Twitter was around. I can't remember. If it wasn't Twitter, it was something else. But, like, that, like, whoever won that gold medal game would keep Justin Bieber. I remember there was, like, this ongoing debate. And I remember, like, because um, it was Obama was president and Stephen Harper was the prime minister mm-hmm. of Canada. And they had a big bet, too, about who would win the game for yeah. a case of beer. 
And then we were always like, there was like a bunch of posts being like, yeah, add Justin Bieber into that and then make the U.S. keep him <laughs> if, uh, if, if we win and stuff like that. So I remember that. Well, it, was, it was very funny. It was a very, very funny moment. But we won the end, which is great. And, uh, you know, for our generation, it was, the, it was a goal of the generation. You know, for many Canadians, it was when, uh, Paul Henderson scored in the 72 Soviet series, uh, or sorry, the Summit series against the Soviets. Um, but for us, seeing Crosby score. Just, we know what, I still get goosebumps when I hear him, like when I watch replay and you hear him say, hey, hey! <laughs> cause you know it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> the golden goal will oh, never yeah. be forgotten by any Canadian, that's for yeah. sure. I, I actually, speaking, I think when you say Iggy, you're talking about Jerome Iginlaw. Yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, uh, the game I went to Canada against America, people were cracking up around me because they were, you know, they were obviously Canadian and they were wondering why they were losing to. It wasn't. It was a good USA team, but I don't think it had the well, star. Oh yeah, it was. It was a good team. Go on. Um, it didn't have the star power of of the Canadian team, and I remember um, Jerome Ginla. I think he wasn't on the same line as as, as Crosby when the game started, and eventually he went on and they scored, and it, it brought it within one goal, and um, before Ke- um, Kessler, I think it was, scored the. The game that sealed it, the goal that sealed it, and empty net. And this guy behind me absolutely lost his temper with Babcock when they scored. When Canada scored, by the way, he got up and he's like, "Hey, you a-hole, Babcock! Look who's on the ice, Jerome McGinley! You don't play Jerome McGinley!" And he went mad. And then I, I turned around and I realised he had a Calgary Flames top on. I was like, "Right, okay, that that says <laughs> says it all." And <laughs> I remember a lot of people were pissed off that Igilna was not playing. Yeah. Because they were like, he's such a good player, he should be playing, he should be on Crosby's line. I remember mm-hmm. the controversy. It was also good. It was, good. it was a good matchup. He had this power forward with this this artist on the ice. Exactly. Yeah, I actually um, I remember. I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but you know you can do like fantasy draft on NHL. Yeah. Um, I used to always draft the Ginla, but um, when I when I would do it back in the day, obviously he's not on, he won't be on it anymore, but. Um, because I used to say he's he's the guy I'd build a, fan, a franchise around because he does everything like he fights yeah. and he he, he 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 fights hits scores goals. Total know, player. Yeah, he's just a good player. I like that. I like I like those gritty gritty players. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I wouldn't you know if somebody if Crosby came to play for the Eagles or something I'd be happy. But uh, <laughs> but well, I think we already we already have a Ginla in in Luke Kirsten. I mean let let's be honest. The guys like going on 30 soon and he's and he skates like he, he skates faster than a five-year-old who wants he's playing hockey for the first time it's it's it is absolutely incredible like i hats off to the guy I hope, actually i hope he's doing okay by the way i haven't i'm just looking for a bit. shout out to luke hope you're okay brother but um yeah luke kirsten my god that guy the guy just workhorse workhorse total player yeah very well groomed as well um, oh yeah yeah you know he's he's he's, he's, he's quite he's quite quite pretty for for one of these types of players as well you know mm. um um but yeah uh, <laughs> i i just uh, I, I thought I'd, I'd bring that up because it actually was bringing me to another question that i thought i'd ask actual canadians about that i haven't asked anyone else that's been on um obviously there's the world championships that goes on during the playoffs and then there's world juniors and obviously nadine was at the world juniors this year um over Shout out to nadine, of, by the way yeah crazy bastard <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just wondered, do you guys like is in Canada is the juniors a bigger tournament than the the World Championships? One hundred 
percent, without a doubt. Because think about it, and like you said, the 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 World Championships going during playoffs. We only care about playoffs, NHL playoffs. You know, that's like our biggest focus. Um, I've honestly probably only watched the World Championship like. Like, if the Leafs are out, maybe I'll watch it. But, like, usually I'm always glued to my screen for playoffs regardless. Whereas for the World Champion, uh, World Juniors, over Christmas time, mm-hmm. like, I remember, like, when it, it usually starts on December 26th, right? Yep. And that, like, my whole family would be glued to the TV, like, mm-hmm. watching the World Juniors, mm-hmm. like, seeing who the new up-and-coming players were. You already knew who they were, obviously. But, like, who the new mm-hmm. the new generation of, uh, prop, like, amazing Canadian hockey players were going to be, or Americans as well, or Russians. Just so in general, just who, yeah, who's the next general. big thing? Um, so yeah, definitely, I think World Juniors are way, way bigger than. And and it's kind of ironic in that sense, you know. You you'd usually like let's let's use football for instance. I mean, if someone if someone can be more excited to watch the under twenty World Cup, or are they going to actually watch the the World Cup? They're going to watch the World Cup. I mean, so to a certain extent, I think that there's actually an issue with that uh, with the WHF. I actually don't think they should be doing the tournament every year for. Um, for the men's, I, I think they should have a World Cup now. And well, they issue, do, right? Sorry? They have the World Cup. Yeah, but, like, they, they, I mean, well, COVID-19 would have canceled it anyway. But, yeah. you know, it was back in 2016, and they weren't going to do it again for for this year, for what, at least from what I gather. Don't take that uh, that's a heart, folks. I need to check on my news. But, well, I think um, there's a lot going on about that, right? Because it's all about what the NHL, the, the PA, decide, yeah. right? Because I think there's ongoing negotiations about whether to allow the players to play in the upcoming Winter Olympics as well, right? And so that's that the thing, all too. plays a part in it. I honestly think they, they should allow players. Like I I I I I get I get what what, what um uh, is it Gary Batman right yeah yeah well, I get what Batman's trying to do he's trying to protect the players and well, he's trying, to, he's trying to protect the players make sure they don't get injuries well, you know it's the get, teams he doesn't give a crap about the players yeah but like at the same time it's like look if Ovechkin gets injured in the Olympics and he comes back people are all aren't going to want to come back well, we already saw it with Tavares right sorry we already saw it with Tavares getting yeah. injured and and. What was it? Twenty? Was it twenty ten? Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. Saw it in twenty fourteen when you got injured, and then obviously the Islanders were pissed off. Yeah. And that was a a, a major reason. But there's also more reasons to that, by the way. Absolutely. Uh, no, no. In the background. Yeah. Um, about media and like all this other stuff mm-hmm. that. Yeah, but those are like the the reasons that are apparent to us mm-hmm. as like genuine watchers. But there are a, a whole load of other reasons behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that the big shame about about the NHL in some respects, and it's one of the things I guess coming up, growing up with rugby and international rugby, and and even to an extent, even though I'm not a big follower of it, football World Cups and stuff is that the Olympics happen like once every four years, and it's the one chance we get to see like the absolute best international teams that teams right. can produce. The women's Olympics that happens because all the women are free to go and play in the Olympics. And, and the last two women's tournaments have certainly, in my opinion, been way more exciting than the two men's um, tournaments. Uh, and I just, I don't know about you guys, but I think it's a crying shame that the NHL doesn't let them play in the Olympics. I can understand the World Championships because it's once a year and, and all the rest of it. And yeah. it, I suppose it's a bit much to say, well, we're going to make you stop the playoffs for it. But the um, mm-hmm. certainly the, the Winter Olympics to me, is something that, that that all all the best players should be in, um, and we can see them once every four years. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you guys agree with that? You know, what's your thoughts on that? I I, I agree. I agree entirely. I think 
these are the best athletes in the world and they should, they should be going. Um, they should represent their country 100%. I do understand though the, the conflict of scheduling though. I mean, if you, if you take a look, for instance, at the NBA, when the NBA allowed their players for the first time in 92 to go to the Olympics, it worked out because it was the summer Olympics. The NBA runs from November until, or October, late October slash early November until, um, the middle of June and where the playoffs end. Um, and then, you know, the NBA, you know, take the time off. There's huge large free agent speculation. And then I think it's time in the summer to actually have that, uh, ha- you know, for these athletes to go play in the Olympics. Yeah, but I think that's fine because, like, it's the Olympics. Like, you could take a little, like, like Rambo was saying, it's once every four years. You can take, like, three weeks off to go play some hockey and, like, yeah, and represent your country. Yeah. And, like, for these 2018 Winter Olympics, it was not, like, I don't even, like, I think I watched, like, one or, like, a couple of games. I, mm-hmm. I didn't watch because obviously it's not exciting when you can't have, like, NHL is the best league in the world, 100%. And when you can't have the best players from that league being able to represent their countries, mm-hmm. it's, the Olympics just, uh, hockey Olympics are just not exciting anymore. No, it's not. So. I was almost, I was actually almost tempted to cheer for Germany. Well, I, actually, I did in the end against Russia. Germany beat Canada. Yeah, they did. Which is they did, that's pretty right. embarrassing. <laughs> like, well, I mean, hey, we that's the point, right? best players exactly. there, right? But I think, um, it'll be interesting to see what the PA and the NHL decide, um, for the next, for the upcoming 2022 Olympics. Yeah. Because uh, it's definitely going to come up in the bargaining, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Hopefully, that's going to happen. I mean, <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen at, at all in terms of sporting events, what's going on right now. But um, yeah, we'll start out. Yeah. I mean, uh, my my opinion of how they could sort it is on the year of the Olympics, just start the season like instead of having loads of preseason games, maybe have an extra start the season a week early. Or something, mm. and then you've got more time to schedule games, um, and then they can play their Olympic games and come back, uh, which I I think would be the best way, best way to do it certainly. But but to be honest, um, the scheduling and and like obviously the players getting hurt, like when uh, Johnny Tavares got injured in 2014, yeah. is like a, a big issue for the team owners, of course. But there are still like and regardless of injuries and setting beside the schedule there are a bunch of other issues that are also that don't get talked about but those also got to get figured out too and those also play a significant role in the reason why uh, the nhl players aren't allowed to play in the olympics so hopefully that can get hashed out between the league and the union and hopefully we can see a return soon mm-hmm. okay um next next question uh, is two sort of players that have obviously played a lot of hockey been through that what would you say to you know we got a lot of sort of new players what would you say or we have a lot of players who are more in the you know those tier six weekends that you know you guys maybe don't see so much but what do you say to those players is the most important thing for them to work on and focus on if they want to be the next alan nanji or, or matt mcintosh well if you want to be me um just grow your hair out. No, I'm kidding. Because um, <laughs> that's probably going to cut soon anyway. But um, no, I, I would say just work on your skating. I mean, look, in, in order to play hockey properly, you have to know how to skate properly. Um, it, it's gonna, it, it's the fun, it's learn the fundamentals and the fundamentals of hockey is being able to skate properly. That's the, the very most important thing I would say. Alan? Yeah, well, definitely smarts too, because smarts is the one thing mm-hmm. you can't teach, right? Like skating can be developed, um, difficult, more difficult though when you're older 
Um, but stick handling can yep. be picked up at any time, right? Mm-hmm. Regardless, like you'll just need proper training. So, like my advice is to watch the game, see how players are like like their moves, like just watch them playing hockey in like NHL games or mm-hmm. World Juniors or whatever, because you can see how smart they are. Like watch what they do, and then yeah, work on your skating is the number one is the second biggest thing I think. But also just work hard and have fun because like hockey. Hockey's a lot of fun, and if you forget, and if you get too bogged down into the details of like doing this, 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 and that, you forget how fun it is. But you just gotta enjoy um, the game and have fun with it as well. So that's my advice. I I, I second that. Like I totally concur concur with that last point, Alan said. You might remember, like we 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 play sport in life in order to win and in order to dominate, but to have fun doing so. That's the point. It's it's supposed to be fun. You have to find enjoyment in going out competing, um, and doing so. And at the uh, at the end of the day, that's what's all for. Enjoy yourself. It's a good opportunity to let loose and to let go of the world for an hour, an hour and a half to two hours or so, depending on, on how long you're playing. Um, um before, before uh, the next thing I was going to ask you guys is a bit of a niche question. Um, I did have this written down, but we went off piece a few times because Matt likes to talk a lot. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's all right. No, I like it. It's fine. It, 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 we're not going to be struggling for content. Put it that way. Um, but um. What what would you guys say is like the best pregame meal you've ever had? Oh, so firstly, I think pregame meals are very important. Um, I just remember that. Um, so I got taught by one of my coaches for summer hockey once was Al McInnes. I'm not sure if you know who he is. What played for the Blues? He was McKin- you had- Really? Yeah, yeah, played for the no Blues. Way. So he was like the head coach of one of my spring or summer hockey teams, I remember. And my parents at this point didn't know much about nutrition. Uh, I remember there, there's this place beside Chesswood Arena, which is like one of the big GTA hockey ranks, uh, called San Francisco's. And my parents would always get us lasagna. Like California a big sandwiches? Cheesy, no, no, it's not California oh, sandwiches. Okay. It's near there. Okay. But my parents would get us like a big cheesy lasagna oh. before our hockey game and not realize like, the, the impact that has on yeah. how you move on the ice yeah. and I remember like finishing the game and then getting in trouble for like not moving but none of us really realized that it was all the nutrition uh, so for me I always just go chicken and rice uh, get some protein mm-hmm. get some carbs in um, and that's always my pregame meal always has been always will be for hockey and so Rambo what was the question what, what's, what's the best uh, pregame meal, meal I've ever had yeah uh Probably the same. Like just, I, I typically just do rice, chicken, mix it up with a bit with a bit of greens. Um, get your carbs in. Drink water. My God, drink water. Yeah, a lot of water. Stay hydrated before the game. Um, don't drink too much to the point where you have to use the uh, the toilet a little bit too much before the game because constantly having to under your pants. So how much are you drinking before? Oh the man, game? well, one, one time, one time I was late to the game because I, I said dip. I gotta go again. Like I'm not even lying. Like I just have to go again. So all right, fine, go ahead. Like it dips in a typical kind of calm, cool. And collected weight. Just said, all right, well, you got to do what you got to do. And um, I just took off. Sage <laughs> <laughs> um, advice. I'm just saying, like, just be mindful. <laughs> Make sure you pee before you go on the ice, guys. This is basically what Matt is saying. I actually, you know what, dears? Uh, make sure when you, if you ever you put your kids into hockey. Make sure that they drink before, but don't make make sure that they don't drink too much. Because when I was when I was a kid, I like I used to just drink way way too much to the point where I, I think actually one time I actually I actually wet myself on the ice. I was like four or five. I think every hockey player definitely will go through that if you're young and on the ice for sure. Because yeah. I definitely did as well. So. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I um I peed myself when I was playing goals once. Well, you can't you can't stop, can yeah, you? Yeah, uh, we traveled to Inverness and mm-hmm. we didn't have a backup goalie. 
and the other team had taken about two shots on me in the first period and back then we played instead of playing like three fifteens you played like two two twenty minutes periods. Um so the second period I just couldn't hold it anymore so I just I just peed. Um <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, uh that was that was me. Um <laughs> so um yeah, um and obviously Canada I mean one of the things I noticed I've only been to Vancouver really in Canada, but one of the things I noticed about Canada is there's a lot of microbreweries and, and things like that in Canada and lo- lovely beers to try and different things to try. What what is uh, what's your best what's your best tip for a post game brew? Uh you know, what 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 would be your favourite post game brew? Um are you are you asking for a specific Canadian brand? Uh, well if you're not if it's not Canadian, fine, but we, I would like to know some new Canadian brands, but um yeah. I mean, to be quite honest, I for a post screen brew, I mean, I'm not really picky. If I get a beer after the game, I'm just going to kind of take it as it is. Um, I really do – I hate, this is almost a crime to admit, as, as I'm, I know we're recording this on, for the BUIHA representing the United Kingdom. But I like Guinness in a can sometimes. I do. It, I, I'm, I know that's kind of a cardinal sin. For that's all you drank this weekend. But, yeah, I know that is all I drank this weekend. But um, I do like Guinness in a can. Um, it's just a Canadian brand. I don't really like most of Canadian. No, Wilson Canadian is not. It's not, it's not that good. Like, uh, Sleeman, I, I've heard, is decent. Um, Most Street's okay. They what's have organic that, beers. What's that one from, from Nova Scotia? I have no clue. Oh, hold on. I'm going I'm to look at Steam Whistle? No, it's Nova Scotia. Beer. Anyway, so mine, my go-to is, um, is an, I like IPAs, so the Indian Pale Ales mm-hmm. are definitely my favorite. Um, so Muskoka, so I live, so my cottage, so basically in Ontario, oh, the cottage country is called Muskoka. So they have a, they have a bunch of, uh, microbreweries there. So they, it's called the Muskoka Brewery and they have a really good IPA, which is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. I just remembered my, I, I, I haven't tried it before, but I've heard it's quite good. Alexander Keith's, um, I've heard decent things about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, more or less. What, what about you, Rambo? What's your yeah. go-to? Um, well, I, uh, normally I'm driving, so normally don't get a beer, but, um, <laughs> my, my favorite beer postgate, I'm pretty partial to Budweiser, but I don't know if you guys know this about me, but every oh. time, uh, every time, um, a Canadian goes away and comes back, I sort of give them a, not an order, but like just a gentle steer, um, to bring me back some Rickard Dread. Oh. Uh, so uh okay. yeah okay. I, I do love a record red and the dean actually quite surprisingly at the start of of this past season turned up to training her parents were with her and she uh she just went at a ramble and my parents really want to meet you oh and before you do that i've brought you two cans of record red back so oh so nice what a, what a legend she is yeah so that, God. that was that's my that's one of my favorite tipples but and i do Gale. i do like a i do like an give her the order of canada <laughs> yeah um, red ale. I've never heard. It's a red ale. Interesting. Oh, yeah, I don't think I've ever had a red ale. Definitely. Oh, that looks list. really nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like. Uh, That's a picture of beer, Matt. No, I'm just. Okay, well, look, maybe I want to drink. It's like 6 4 30 <laughs> in the afternoon. It's like sunny outside. I'm going to have to start driving in like a couple hours or so. But um, speaking of road trips, Rambo, I was listening to uh, that podcast with you and, and, and Mary Dobin. And what's. um? I don't, know if I, I don't know if you probably already touched on it, but I'm going to ask anyway. Um, so I know I can edit this stuff out um, if it's just old news, but what's uh, what's what's your wildest road trip story? Oh, um, well, I think I told it on that podcast about about Neil Dolan and, and the um, 
the snowballs and everything ending up in it. I oh, yes, have, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I do have another one, though. Um, okay, and it's, go, it's, go ahead. It's actually from the same road trip, but it was before we, we drove back up the road. We, we played Coventry and Warwick Panthers. They were in the in the north back then. They're now permanently in the south. But um, we went out in, in Coventry. The Coventry ice rink has a bar attached to it that's open to, like, one, two, maybe even later than that in the morning. So we went there straight after the game, um, and then... Everyone went to we went to like a nightclub and then you know <laughs> after that we'd we Ew. yeah as you do after that we immediately found like you know a chippy uh, <laughs> um so I I remember and I don't know why this was so funny at the time but this um it was this girl and it was snowing and this girl uh, was like sort of asking everybody that came out of the chippy for their their jacket. And uh, we had this guy Victor, and he was uh, he was, as I say, he was very very handsome chap. But he came out, and she like sort of half lunged at him, and 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 it's like oh, just throwing get... herself yeah, at this yeah. boy. This boy she, must have been a hockey talk boy. Yeah, oh, well, well she, she, it wasn't because she was attracted to him. She wanted his jacket, like she was oh. anyone's jacket because she was so cold. And she sort of lunged at him, was like, "Can I have your jacket?" And he he got a fright and was like. His reaction was just like, and he threw one of his chips in his hand at her. And I honestly thought that this girl was going to take on the whole team in a fight. It was the, honestly, it was, you had to be there, but it was pretty, pretty funny. And Victor sort of being like, oh God, he's throwing his chip at her. And so that was, that was, uh, that was probably, that actually probably was the wildest moment that didn't get broadcasted the last time. But that, that road trip is probably one of my favourites of, of all oh, time. That's something. Yeah. I thought that's like a real situation. Alan, what's what's yours? And include include other like in in Canada as well. So mine was definitely not funny, but mine was um when I played for Fort McMurray, and I remember yeah. just a huge ice storm, and then our bus just went into oh. a ditch. Oh my god! Yeah, and then like like off the highway, and like yeah, yeah, off the highway and into a ditch, and then I remember um, we or? had a game the next day in the afternoon. And we were stuck out there till I think around 4 a.m. Um, and then the reason why I bring up the story though, because it was sad, because like I guess two years later was yeah. the the humble was it humble bus crash, the humble Prox, yeah. yeah, their bus crash. And then that definitely made me think back to like my experience and just been like that could have been us as well. Yeah. Like it's just it's truly very sad. But in terms of funny. I don't know. I don't think I had any funny. I just remember the rookies always got treated the worst, so we would always have to sit up beside the coaches, and then uh, I would have to be in our best behavior, and then the the vets would just throw food and stuff at us the whole time. But <laughs> other than that, yeah, that's about it. I um, I uh, my my story actually comes from this year, and some 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 people on the Eagles are, are probably don't want to be reminded of this, but I'm going to say it anyway because like looking back now, it's hilarious. So. Edinburgh, we, we played Leeds in Leeds, and we finish uh, the game early because of the poor, the poor goaltender. We actually pelted him in the, in the head, like, I think four times in the puck. Obviously, up by accident. And this guy, I actually had to stop the game. I said, are you okay? Like, do you want to continue? And he, he said, I, I can't do this. I said, okay, we'll, we'll call the game. And so we ended we ended pretty prematurely, I would say, um, by about half an hour or so. But then, but then that was the night of the Super Bowl. So we were a little bit late to get out of the dressing room anyway, and we go to McDonald's, and we take our, our sweet time anyway. But eventually, we, we, we leave Leeds by about 1 a.m. 
And so I'm in, I'm in the kit band with Michael Marsala. Shout out to Mike Marsala, by the way, if you listen to this. Hope you're doing well uh, back in, the, in Edinburgh. And um, Mike, this is Mike's first time driving in the UK. Um, and he could drive. He was driving because uh, he can drive steak and I can't. Which is a bit of a a bit of an unfortunate uh, situation in itself. So I would love to drive stick. Anyway, um, we're driving, and mind you, we're in the kit van, and, and Mark Taylor, uh, shout out to Mark by the way, hope you're doing fine. He's driving everyone else, and so Mike and I have the uh, intelligent idea and of, of filling up with 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 fuel before leaving uh, Leeds. And we, we we get on the we get on the was the M1 for a bit. We stop off. He sits down for a bit. I said, you, you rest your eyes for a bit. I'll fill up the fuel. We fill up. And we're good. And it's a long ride home. We're actually having a good time, all things considered. We're singing. I'm I'm basically singing to try and keep this this poor guy awake. Like, you know, and, and this, this. And if you've heard Matt singing, then that's definitely going to keep you awake. That's for sure. Yeah, He's yeah. got a high, high singing voice. I, yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> not, it's not falsetto, but it, you know, it pushes it. <laughs> but no, lovely drive back. There's, the sky is literally full of stars, you know, because sometimes the light pollution is so limited uh, in, in into the lowlands of Scotland as well as into you know, kind of around Yorkshire area and – or sorry, the north of Yorkshire. And uh, all of a sudden, we get this uh, phone call from Mark Taylor at about 4.50 in the morning or so. And he says – he calls and says, uh, Matt, we're, we're in Dunbar. We, we've, uh, we're at a, we're in Aston Dunbar. We need you to come get us. And at this point, Mike – Marcel and I are probably near, um, we're probably about half an hour out from Edinburgh. Like I want to say, I forget, is it, um, I think it's maybe near Musselburgh. And it's like, it's again, it's, it's 4.50 in the morning. Mike's been a legend. Mike's doing this for the first time. I'm like trying to like keep my eyes open by literally forcing my eyes open. And I, we, we kind of look at one another thinking, oh my God, we just have to get them. We actually have to go get them. And, and so basically, a lot of profanities start to come out of our mouths. <laughs> and we're, we're both saying, oh, my God, I can't believe we have to do this. We can't believe it. We're, up, we're also kind of laughing at the situation because we, we know we, we actually kind of realize how funny it is. We you know realize, okay, you know what? It's not the worst thing. It is a bit funny that this has happened to them. And that more importantly, we have to go help them. And so eventually we go off. We, we go to uh, – it was a Tesco. It was a it was a hypermarket. So hypermarket or supermarket? Um, it was a, just a huge Tesco that actually had a uh, petrol station that we filled up. We got diesel, and um, I got some jerry cans. We filled it all up. Drove back to Dunbar for about half an hour. And we're, we're and we're not exactly like in the greatest mood at this point. And um, but no, we saved them. And uh, Mark Taylor, God bless him. I'm, I'm not, I know he wasn't happy with himself that day, but uh, humans make mistakes. But uh, no, that was the wildest story. Um, it was a long, 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 long night. Very, very funny for us now looking back at the time. Not funny, especially for those guys who were stranded with Mark in the, in the, uh, in the traveling van because they were very tired. So I know that's a very long story, but it, uh, people who listen to this who are on the Eagles will remember it very well. Yeah, I thought there was a petrol station at that dump bar. <laughs> well, it, oh, I, should, I, I forgot to mention, sorry. At the Asda in Dunbar, it, that petrol station wasn't open. I forgot to include that part. It was not open. It wasn't going to open until about 7 a.m. So that's when Mark called us. And Mark, Mark wasn't going to have enough fuel, uh, diesel to basically to get to, to Edinburgh. And we just thought, okay, well. I, I'm sure there's a 24-hour pump there, though. <laughs> well, we had to, we had to, go, we had to go help them. I wish, I wish we would have known that back then because <laughs> Mike and I were – like Mike and I were like, like just jamming music to keep us awake at this point. And like we're, we're playing like – 
like we literally arrived at the Asda playing Believe by Share. Like that's that that's how long the night was. I, I I eventually I'd run out of any options in terms of what what I wanted at the top of my head for music, and I just said, okay, we're gonna play Believe by Share, and I'm like I'm like humming to it to kind of keep me optimistic at that point. <laughs> you need to get some culture if that's you running out of options, and that's where you get to. But um... hey, we it was a long drive. We were listening to lots of we listened to country, you know, Coldplay, and a whole bunch of things, and then. I don't know. I, I like I like a, a good old uh, uh, throwback to some of those early two thousands mixes. We like I think we even listened to like Blue Dubba D. You know, it was uh, the big throwback night that night. That's so, that's yeah. yeah. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why you're not a fan of the old the old throwbacks, Rambo? Uh, Blue Dubba D. I'm not sure it's a. I'm not sure it's a classic. I'm not sure it was a classic when it was released. I'm not sure it's one now. Oh, I, I disagree. <laughs> it's it's iconic. It's um, iconic. Uh, though to be fair, I've I've got really big into the uh, the Eurovision winner, uh, well the not the Eurovision winner, but the favourite to win Eurovision this year was um this Icelandic guy called Dio Frere, um so that's been my uh, my go to music at the moment. But um, who's who's the who's the big uh, sort of what's the big Canadian music that you guys listen to? Is there is there a specific Canadian band that you like or um Alan ah Drake yeah. I forget he's Canadian. Yeah. yeah, Drake. The weekend is Canadian. We got some good singers coming out of Canada what's, these what's, days. What's that? What's that? Uh, that boy's name? He's he's like a year younger than us. Uh, Who? Austin? No. Um, something. Mend- Sean Mendes. Yes, Sean, Sean Mendes is Canadian Mendes? as well. Yeah. Um, no, uh, there's there's kind of like this this new school of uh, or, or I should say just like this this output of yeah Avril Lavigne for sure. You're the one who reminded me that he's Canadian today. Who? Neil Young. Neil Young's Neil Canadian. Um, but there's some wonderful Canadian artists. In terms of a band, I would say, uh, a Canadian band, I would say, I, I, they're tragically hip. You can't go wrong with them. Um, for those of you who don't know the tragically hip are, I would say they were kind of just very, very popular in Canada. They, they only made it kind of big in, I think, a few American states. But um, the lead singer, unfortunately, uh, passed away in 2017 from brain cancer. Um and I liked Headley. You remember Headley, but he, the Baden singer, just got uh, accused for sexual assault. Oh, okay, well, but he—that was a good band. Headley was Canadian. Yeah, like, and, and they did. Um, You're a good girl. Did they, did they remix that one? No. What did they do? What's what's the song Headley did? Whole school. What's that? How's Perfect. that go? How's that go? I'm not. Perfect. I'm not. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. 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 That one, okay, yeah, but um, yeah, I, I'd say Drake. I think Drake's just the big, the big, the big cheese nowadays. Yeah, Celine Dion's amazing too. Yeah, but she's not relevant anymore though. Yeah, but her music's like pretty good. Oh, Shania Twain. Absolutely. Oh, Shania. Oh, baby. <laughs> That's uh, the Steel Queen's theme tune, of course. What's Shania? Shania Twain, man, I feel like a woman. Is the, oh, uh, I love that. Song, it's their baby. chosen pregame song that they all listen to. Oh, I'd I listen to that one too. I'd join them. Party yeah. for Two is a good song. But oh, yes. Well. Party for Two. I'm having a party. Let's sing it on point. Party for Two. Come on, Rambo. Having a I, I don't know this song. <laughs> Nobody but you. Uh, it's such. Oh, I, lo- I love Shania Twain, man. So, so unfortunate what happened to her voice. But, uh, yeah. But Drake's the big cheese. To, to answer your question, Drake's the big cheese nowadays. Okay, cool, cool. Um, well, uh, this is probably the longest podcast I've recorded. Um, yeah. 
Uh, you guys, you guys want to give a shout out to anyone? I mean, you've you pretty much mentioned every eagle you've ever played with. Um, so, um, you've not shout mentioned out. Jeremy yet, so you need to. Oh, sure. Jeremy and his cokes. He loves. Oh, cokes, Jeremy. Man. Oh my God, Jeremy. This is my shout out to you. Hit the gym and stay off the cokes. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, I hope you're doing well, brother. I haven't spoken with you in ages, but uh, no, I hope you're doing well. Just shout out to every single eagle. Yeah, um, shout out to everyone in the BYHA who make the BYHA wonderful. Uh, we love you. Um, just uh, and everyone who I've who I've played against, who I've you know who I'm, you know who you are, who I have respect for. Um, just oh yeah, big big shout outs. Um, and I, and actually I'm I'm gonna I don't know if I said this at the beginning, but a huge shout out to every single one of the members of staff of the National Health Services. Huge kudos to everything you're doing. In um in this fight against this this virus, we cannot thank yeah, you enough. Thank you. As, as, and I'm saying this also as as a as a as a UK citizen. Um, I look, I'm not in the UK anymore right now, but it, it I still still means a lot. Um, and and you know what? I say that's every nurse from every country who's doing their part against this virus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, and I'm excited. I'm actually headed back to the UK on Thursday, so I'm excited to to get back to Edinburgh. We should we should make him we should make him sing Flower of Scotland Rambo come on. Oh Flower of Scotland. So uh, Alan, I take it uh, you you come back to you come back to Edinburgh just for to sort of wrap everything up is that is that the chat? Yeah, exactly yeah the flat uh, our our lease ends on the 11th I still obviously have my hockey bag there honestly one of the main reasons why I'm going back so I can grab my hockey bag. Um, my whole flat's back too, so be nice just to be together one last time. Say our goodbyes, say goodbye to Edinburgh, because I'm not sure. Honestly, I'm not sure when the next time I'll be able to come back to Edinburgh is. Um, and yeah, just see see everyone, say goodbye, and yeah, that's that's it. Unfortunately, it's been an end of an era, four years. Yeah, I'm sure as soon as you arrive back in Scotland, St Andrews will give you man of the match. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. It's great. Yeah, I don't know. They'll yeah, not know what to do now. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I don't know who they're going to give it to on the Eagles anymore. Yeah, they might actually, they might actually have to watch the game. Um, <laughs> um, no, that's it's great. It's it's been good fun, guys, and I, I, I really appreciate um, your time and uh, and all you've all you've had to say. It's been really interesting having both of you. It's good having two people who are in the same place as well because uh normally when we do these sort of three-way things nobody knows who's to answer but at least you two can kind of have some kind of visual cues with each other to to see who's next so yeah no it's it's been really good guys and i wish you all the health and uh and i hope you uh get on well with whatever you're doing next and maybe alan i'll see you in a, a london dragons jersey um in the future yeah maybe hopefully it's gonna be sad but We'll see what happens. Maybe they won't take too oh. too much liking to me not showing up to practices. I guess we'll see. But hopefully they schedule them a little bit earlier compared to 11:30. Mm, yeah, I just know that London's a lot vaster than Edinburgh, so it'll probably be more trouble to get to. Yeah, um, honestly. Yeah, so try and get a flat near where Cali lives, and you can get a lift. Oh, um, that's such a good idea. Where does he live? Oh, you probably shouldn't say that online. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in the greater London area <laughs> excellent guys thanks very much yeah thanks for having thanks, us thanks Rambo Cheers. all the best